Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself continue our discussion on the theology of vocation, looking at a New Testament passage and how it applies to our life. Welcome to Being Lutheran. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I have my friends with me. Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey, and we are talking about... Vocation! And reminding you about the Vocation <laughs> Conference. Refcon 2019. Faith Free Lutheran Church, November 2nd, Saturday, from 10.30 to 5. There will be a lunch served. There is child care available. Ticket information, uh, information about the conference available at the Faith Free Lutheran Church Facebook page and faithlutheran-aflc.org. And we're considering, you know, contests, dressing up as your favorite Reformation character, and maybe we'll have some prizes. We're considering maybe a lot not. of things. Yeah. I'm, I'm so. considering buying a Ferrari right now. <laughs> that wouldn't be not a really happen. good vocational worship of your finances. I would really love to experience the vocation of a Ferrari driver. <laughs> I'm sure you would, but not the price tag attached to it. Vocation and at I 130 just, miles an hour. I, and I can just imagine Esther like, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> she would, if I said it, she wouldn't even take me seriously. <laughs> yeah. So what do we have today, Brett? Where yes. are we at? Yeah, so today is our New Testament uh, passage explanation, digging into um, a, a passage of scripture because we're not just pulling this out of thin air. No, um, we're, or, if we're pulling it out of thin air, we're pulling it out of Gene Veith's thin yeah. air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not mining and then him from Luther and then Luther yeah, from scripture. Right. So. Yep, yeah, and you know there might be some critique of people say, well, where do you find vocation in the Bible? You know, well, you, a good start. you maybe wouldn't find the word vocation, you know, if you were to do a concordance. It would be right next to the word Trinity. Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> ooh, hey, there you go. Don't get me started. Yeah. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. It's all over. But, you know, probably the, the closest, you know, building off of Gene Veith, I think he points to this scripture quite a bit in um, using the word vocation, uh, the Latin word vocatio, which means calling. Mm -hmm. And probably the closest you get to like a scriptural mm -hmm. basis for this is 1 Corinthians 7, um, 17 through 20. And I'll read that for us, and then we can discuss. So it says, read in Jesus' name, Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. Was anyone at the time of his call already circumcised? Let him not seek to remove the marks of circumcision. Was anyone at the time of his call uncircumcised? Let him not seek circumcision. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but keeping the commandments of God. Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. All right, that's Amen. the end of the reading of the scripture. God be praised <laughs> for his glad time. So put the knife away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. It's like remove the marks of circle. What? <laughs> this is really off topic. Get out of my, my system right okay. now. Uh, Weird Al, a couple of albums ago, oh, had a song Weird called <laughs> Hardware Store. Oh, it's an original where he's going to the hardware store. At the end of the song, he has this just re repetitive, very quick list of all of the things that you find in the hardware store, and it's just boom, 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 all the way through at the end. If you listen closely, 
like three quarters of the way through that part of the song, <laughs> automatic circumcisers. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you catch it, you just start laughing hysterically. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, so but, yeah, out of my system now, okay. we can focus on vocation. I'm sure it doesn't compare no. to the hardware wrap of VeggieTales, though. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's not the hardware wrap. Is it the... the is it Madame Blueberry? Not S-Mart. That's, oh, that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, Super uh, Mart. Or Super Mart, yeah. yeah. Stuff oh, Mart. Stuff Mart. Bungie, Bungie. Everybody Bungie. Here we go, Bungie. Come on. Such a great... All of the pop culture. We got the Evil Dead in there accidentally. We got Veggie Tales. We got Weird Al. That's the only time you're ever going to find all three of those discussed in a 10-second span. Yeah. And it was being Lutheran podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Brought to you by being Lutheran <laughs> <laughs> and Refcon 2019. <laughs> no, and <laughs> okay, I'll be, point the, guard. I'll be the sane one here. No, uh, <laughs> good because yeah, I don't feel like right. it today. I don't want to grow up. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Looking at zooming in on verse seventeen. Yeah, say that again for us. Yeah, zooming in on verse seventeen in this text. No, um, where no, not that. Say the verse again. <laughs> Seriously. No, we have not been drinking any alcohol or taking any form literally before. <laughs> I, I thought you were doing that for comic effect. Like, no, he really thought that's what I meant. I, like, I'm a gullible Okay, call man. me a cab. Yeah. All right, you're a cab. I, I am Mr. Gullible here will read verse 17 again. <laughs> we're all about having fun. Uh, can you tell this is our This our is the fourth, vocation uh, of nonsense, yeah. Once we get to the fourth episode, we're we a little bit more loopy. Oh, but you know yeah. what? I, what I hope people can see that we have joy in yeah. this, you know? And, oh, yeah. And this is, this is like you said a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago, you look forward to it. No. And it is. And it's, it's one of the things that mm-hmm. I really love about my calling as mm-hmm. being a pastor is that when we get to talk about theology mm-hmm. in a way that blesses us and yep. unpacks the, the reality of what scripture teaches, right. it's a true blessing and it does bring joy. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. And if Weird Al comes into the picture yeah. a little bit or <laughs> I just or Veggie Tales comes in a little bit. I still can't talk. believe yeah. you literally thought I wanted you to say, let's focus in on verse 17 again, twice. I've been working hard very for many years to try to be less gullible, but it's I, I written still, on the ceiling right above so you, by the way. Right. The, the, the positive part of that is that yeah. you're a very trusting yeah, yeah. Right. individual. That's yep. a good thing. I try to be. All, All right. right. <laughs> so I will read literally the verse 17 again. It says, Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. And especially focusing on that phrase, to which God has called him. There's that word calling. Vocatio. Uh, vocatio, yeah, where we get vocation. And and this is where we kind of mentioned last week that we had inverted the order of the lessons because of the Old Testament, New Testament distinction. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week, we talked about what we do in our vocations and how the Ten Commandments define those mm-hmm. and give us boundaries. Here's the Perhaps the bigger question is, what are our vocations? Where do we find our vocations? God has obviously placed us into certain callings, Mm -hmm. but what are those callings and what do they look like? And the theological response that Luther developed Mm -hmm. from this and that he inherited from the church, and like you said, Brian, from scripture, is the three estates. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. It's not a spiritual giftings yeah. test. It's not. No, we're not going to uh. take a spiritual gifts inventory. <laughs> or you're not going to have a vocation inventory. It's really there are spheres in life. Mm-hmm. And those, that sphere is actually a term from Abraham Kuyper, another Calvinist. Where wow. We're being really ecumenical this series. Uh, but there are spheres or circles in life that help us categorize 
our vocations. Mm-hmm. All right? and, and actually, there's a Lutheran distinctive. Um, Luther had three estates. If you're uh, a later Lutheran reader and a fan of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, mm-hmm. he had what were called the four divine mandates. Hmm. It's talking about the same thing, but a way to split things up. So Luther's three estates are the family, mm-hmm. the church, and society. Yep. Right? And so that's actually the topic of the Refcon. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert there. Uh, we're going to spo- have so many spoiler words that they're... Well, think, hopefully they're enticers, you know, yeah, that people yeah, are like, hey, this sounds kind of like cool. We should go to this. Samples at Costco, right? <laughs> when I was at family camp, um, I brought it, I brought it up and several of the people were like, oh, that sounds like fun. We should go. And yeah, you totally should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, also, uh, just because we're, we're back on that topic, uh, if you would love to come but aren't able to come, would encourage you to purchase a scholarship ticket for a student that would like to come but maybe can't afford the $20 meal ticket to go. So that's on there. You can find that information again at the sites I talked about at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Getting back to this, Luther's three estates, three estates yep. family, society, or family, church, society, mm-hmm. uh, Bonhoeffer, uh, split those up into family, the church, civil society, and your occupation. Oh, work. Uh, other theologians have put put occupation in the realm of family. Hmm. Uh, Luther, for the most part, puts occupation in with society, society and that's where yeah, I yeah. treat it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so that's where we find vocation, our vocation, vocational status in your vocation, your vocational status yeah. in your vocation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> is, is this the the part of the story where we say people think of like vocational schools and your yeah. job and career. But well, and maybe that would have been something to talk about a couple episodes ago. People's wrong ideas of what vocation mm-hmm. is. So many people think of vocation and just think of it as your occupation. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. And that's not the case either. Although your vocation is your vocation mm-hmm. in you know, the literal sense of the term is if you're a plumber, a butcher, baker, mm-hmm. candlestick maker, pastor, uh, CPA, mm-hmm. um, you know, Burger flipper at McDonald's. Major League Baseball player. Major League Baseball player. Great vocation. Mm -hmm. I'm envious of all of those uh, vocations. (laughs) Uh, Professional record producer. Yeah. There you go, Brian. That's right. But all of that is, but you find those in the various spheres. Mm -hmm. And and then one of the other things that works, if you take, he doesn't necessarily express it like this, but you take what Luther says about it and put it on paper, what it looks like is that each estate ordered is a larger concentric circle mm-hmm. around the previous one. So the first and primary estate mm-hmm. is the family. Yeah. It is also your smallest estate. You have the fewest number of vocations are in the family because there's a finite amount of people you're related to. Now, you Even run your ex- extended family. Your extended yeah. family, uh, you run into these situations where in the United States we've kind of obliterated the concept of families where if you have a really good friend, you know, he's family, things like that. <laughs> uh, you know, it's you talk to someone, well, our family was every kid in the neighborhood was welcome at our table all the time, you know, yeah. stuff like that. It's not what we're talking about. It's the people God has placed in your life that you are blood related to are the ones that is designed or adopted uh, or adopted Mm -hmm. that is designed for you to be the closest to, Mm -hmm. you know, adoption, you wouldn't say legally makes you blood related to that person, but you know, you have your parents Mm -hmm. or your children and then your aunts, your uncles, your nephews, your nieces, your grandparents, your grandkids, and then distant family from there. But it's a finite circle of people Mm -hmm. that we love 
in very specific ways. Mm -hmm. The way you love your family is different than any other way you love anyone else. And to the point of that, when those vocations break down, Mm -hmm. it is where the most pain occurs. Mm -hmm. You are going to have much more pain in your life from a broken vocation, vocational relationship with your father mm-hmm. or with your son than you will if your vocation breaks down with your boss or your employee mm-hmm. or with your next door neighbor. Those can still be painful, but where people carry the most emotional insecurity and even baggage from abuse, from fallout, whatever the case, mm-hmm. it's in this first sphere, this first mm-hmm. estate right. within the family. And and then this First Corinthians seven passage, the verses that we read are following some some tough verses about stuff how it happens in marriage, yeah, and divorce and remarriage, divorce and remarriage, and, and all the, those yeah. kinds of issues. Yeah, the messiness of family relationships. And, and, and you know, theologically speaking, and we could we'll get into the Trinity for you, Brian. For you this <laughs> theologically speaking, we would understand again that God uses the institutions of our lives to describe how he is or who he is and how he operates. And so uh, God uses the first estate to describe our relationship Mm -hmm. with him. He is our father. Mm -hmm. God uses the first estate to describe how he relates to the son, you know, so describes a relationship within the Trinity. Uh, God uses uh, the first estate to describe how we function in the second estate the church because there are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. And it really kind of is that image created in the image of God and how that carries into family, but it also carries into congregational life mm-hmm. and uh, the body of Christ, the oneness and uh, yep. the distinct and, and unique individuals that are knit together in Christ mm-hmm. as one body. That concentric oh. circles that you're yep. talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Right? And we, we jump from there. The next largest circle, the second estate, Mm -hmm. is the estate of church. And we have, again, a finite but larger group of vocations in the church, all right? So, uh, you look at, you start with the church and your vocations in the church in your local congregation, Mm -hmm. right? And one of the, the things I've learned best from you that I've taken from what you've talked about on this podcast, Brian, and in our friendship, is the notion that Everyone, not just the pastor, is called to a church. Amen. And that obliterates this nonsense in 21st century America of consumerism in the church that we go church shopping. We yeah. select a church based on our needs. Is mm-hmm. that you join a church because you're called to that church, you're faithful to that church. So you have a vocation of either being a pastor or being a church member. So you have responsibilities either to your flock or to your pastor. You have vocations that describe how you relate to other church members. So then you have church council vocations. You have service vocations, usher. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just have the, the the fellowship of the body of Christ. And then where those vocations begin to expand outward are the vocations of your individual denomination. Yeah. And so we're AFLC pastors. We yep. have a lot of listeners from the Missouri Synod. Other denominations listen. Yeah. Uh, so you're extended to the vocations we have with other member churches in the AFLC yep. and the relationships mm-hmm. we have with other pastors. Yeah. With other, yeah, the, the second estate is what governs our relationship 
with members of other churches. To, we respect mm-hmm. their relationship with their pastor and with their congregation. This yeah. is, stuff like this is. And then finally, it extends to all of Christendom, yeah. to the church universal. What's fascinating about that picture is that aside from our wife, we do not choose our blood family or our adopted family. Uh, we don't choose our church family, really. I mean, we don't choose the people that are part of that congregation. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting that as we love our neighbor as ourselves, we're going to find that it's sometimes one of the most difficult things to do. You said it's simple, but it's not easy. Oh. And that's where we kind of die to ourselves, placing the needs of others. And, you know, there are going to be congregation members, kind of like your family, like your aunts, your uncles, your cousins or whatever, that you're like, wow, I just really don't like being around them. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's really the love of Christ, you know, that, you know, love covers a multitude of sins. It's not that we just overlook sin or whatever, but what it does is it allows us to draw upon the grace and mercy of Christ to love our neighbor as ourself in the way that God intended the body of Christ to be, Mm -hmm. even though we may not really want to be around some of those people. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's interesting and it's a continually dying to yourself. Now with marriage, now I know there's some size where your wife is chosen, but um, that's where it really, you know, that's where sanctification really takes hold. I I hope that you guys can, I'm just, what I'm saying there is that, you know, I really appreciate this book on sacred marriage. There's one whole chapter dedicated to the concept that marriage is to make you you holy or sanctified more than it is to make you happy. And it gets away from this soulmate picture. And um, what, I, what I do like about that, I can't say I agree with everything he says in the book, but with that concept that sanctification is is lived out through this choice to love your wife with the covenant love that God has loved you with. You know, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives submit your husbands as Christ, you know. Submit Christ as our example on both fronts there. And it's so interesting as we live out this vocation as part Mm -hmm. of those three estates. Oftentimes, it's, it's, again, it's simple, but it's not easy. easy. Yeah. Yeah, right. And this is where growth comes from. This is where biblical fruit comes from. This is where placing a value on a person you disagree with or maybe don't even like. Mm-hmm. placing a value on them that they are a precious soul that Jesus died for. Mm-hmm. And this is where we begin to understand, yep. honestly, the value of being a part of the body of Christ, the value of being married, the the privilege it is they, to have children, all, yep. on and on and on and on. They all need our good works. No. Mm-hmm. And, and so then from the church, and you kind of built that bridge for us, the final estate is the largest estate and really an infinite number of vocations that are possible is with the rest of society. Yeah. So there you have the employment relationships of employer, employee, customer, and, and, and you are serving your customer, the customer is serving the business by paying mm-hmm. for the business. You have the relationships of citizenship mm-hmm. and authority. Uh, you have the relationships of community, yep. next door neighbor, and, and you know residents of the same block or, yep. or whatever. Uh, you, you can go on and on and on there, and and the idea is that that sphere is the biggest. And then to what you were saying, Brian, and, and again, this is the topic of my presentation at mm-hmm. the conference, and it will bring us back to the final topic we wanted to talk about mm-hmm. here, is that it's my opinion, and I welcome pushback on this. I welcome debate, but social media, uh, Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, social media has bastardized vocation Mm. because it has given us the 
the, the deception that we bought into that we not only choose our neighbors, we choose who is not our neighbor. Exactly. I think the other thing it does is objectifies people. Yeah. It, it, it devalues because it's easy because in, in social media, it's so much easier to want to be right than to place value on the person you're talking to. When you're sitting face to face to somebody, it, you almost have to ascribe value to that person or you, you should want to ascribe value to that person. And I think they're hand in hand. So I agree with you. It's, uh, I mean, I'm doing research right now in preparation for the presentation on seeing if I can find studies that show the percentage of social media persons, people, whatever, that have unfriended. Mm-hmm. Now listen to that term, unfriended someone simply because they disagree with them. I know. And, and yeah, it's just, it's, don't get me started on the whole what thing. What we've but, done in, in, in the, the thesis of my presentation is that because of the digital realm we've created for ourselves, we've actually shrunk the third estate far beyond what it was intended to be because we're isolating ourselves. And breeding narcissism. From neighbors, yeah. You, you, it, it's a breeding ground for narcissism and you cannot love your neighbor as yourself if you're, if you're fostering if narcissism me, me, in your me, life. Me, me. It, it's idolatry. Yep. yep. And so w- the punchline of all this, why it's necessary to talk about this, the final feature of vocation is vocation tells us where we suffer mm-hmm. and how we suffer. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Uh, and this is important because in the church for, for millennia now, we have been addicted to choosing our own suffering mm-hmm. so that we glorify ourselves before God. Yep. You know? I appreciate how this text in 1 Corinthians 7, some of the verses I didn't read, he says, um, verse 21, uh, were you a bondservant when called? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can gain your freedom, avail yourself of the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a sense of kind of a, uh, well, it's freedom. Yeah. You, you want to paraphrase that for the 21st century yeah. crassly, and I, I don't want to be a blasphemer here, but really, if you want to think about it, it says, does your job suck? <laughs> okay. First advice, deal with it. Yeah. yeah. Second advice, if you can prove you improve your job situation, go for go it. For it. Yeah. You know, it's, and you it's, said that earlier. Yeah. yeah but, mm-hmm. but this is vocation tells us where and how we suffer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the primary area of our suffering in life is for our spouse. And, it, and it's with per, our spouse. And it's fostering that selfless love that Jesus exhibited to us through his life, mm-hmm. death, and resurrection. Mm-hmm. It is living selflessly for as an act of worship to a holy God. Mm-hmm. And it, it is proclaiming again the just the wonderful nature of the salvation and the freedom we have. And let me restate that theologically just so we don't get the letters. The primary area of suffering in our life, period, is for Christ. Yeah. The relationship, and again I hate that term, but it applies here mm-hmm. that is most important in his life is between us and Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So that if our spouse should say it's either Jesus or me. We pick Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And that's even in the Bible. Yes. Right? But you suffer. You, and you said, and it's not to denigrate the estate of marriage, Mm-mm. but it, it, someone with whom you have such an intimate relationship, if you're focused on loving your neighbor, it's going to involve putting to death yourself yep. and your desires for the mm-hmm. sake of them. Ephesians 5 mm-hmm. you know, verses, what, 20 through 29 or wherever they are mm-hmm. in there— Jesus Christ loved the church as his bride mm-hmm. and gave himself Death up, up for, for her. her. Yeah. Right. Uh, that yeah. delineates how we love our wives. Okay. Mm-hmm. We suffer 
because of and for our children mm-hmm. to a lesser degree than our wife, but still a greater degree. Mm-hmm. We suffer for our church. We sacrifice for our church. One of the things about, about church is that simply going to church on Sunday morning is a sacrifice and a suffering. Mm-hmm. It, for most people working nine to five jobs, you could sleep in. Especially if you have little kids. Yeah, you mm-hmm. could go to the lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could do anything uh, any number of things are more pleasant than going to church, but you need to go to church and you do so because of your vocations. Mm-hmm. And that's where being an employer, being a neighbor, being a citizen, all of your vocations involve suffering. And then what you do is you take the suffering God gives you and you suffer knowing that God is present with you in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'd love to close by reading First Peter. I'm going to read verses out of chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, and then, mm-hmm. and then um, I'm going to jump down to 9 uh, because I think it encapsulizes exactly what you were talking about, and it reminds us that these are spiritual sacrifices of worship. And so verse 4 begins and says this, As you come to him, Jesus, a living stone rejected by men and in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, now you have received mercy. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on iTunes and Spotify. Please join us next week as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself continue our discussion on the theology of vocation. God bless you and have a great week.